As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, what's going on? What's up? It's your girl. It's Myra, your host, your homegirl, your friend, your virtual bestie, and your confidant. And listen, I just want to say thank you again for stopping by in the middle. There are a thousand and one other places you could be and a thousand and one other things you could be doing. But I appreciate you lending a few of your moments to me. And so good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you listen to this, I genuinely hope and pray that it's good. So you know the format. I always check on you first. I ask you how you're doing and making sure you're doing all the things to stay on your in the middle P's and Q's. Yeah, I just realized that I don't know what P's and Q's stands for. I'm gonna have to look it up after the show. Never thought about it. So listen, it's me checking in on you. Sis, it's time to get that oil changed. Yes, yes, today, not tomorrow, but today. And that tread on those tires and check that pressure so that when you're on the way to your hair appointment and you're already late, you don't want to have no flat, sis. Take care of those things. All those lights on the dashboard, y'all, they mean something. They truly mean something. Figure out what all them lights are for. Have you gotten your tags? Are they about to expire? These are some of the things that I need you to check on and get in front of. Don't let them catch you slipping. When that cop pulls you over for speeding, for trying to get to that hair appointment, and then he give you an extra ticket for tags. Like, well, we don't want to go through all that, right? Also, make sure that you get that prescription refilled. Yep. Don't wait till you're down to the last pill. So go ahead, set your reminder, and on your way home from work or to the grocery store, go ahead and pick up that prescription. CVS has been kindly sending you those text messages. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Okay. So as always, <laughs> I do those check-ins to make sure we're doing all those things to keep ourselves organized and balanced. And then after I check on you, I just tell you a little bit about me and what's going on. And my highlight was I did some online shopping. I typically don't shop online because y'all in one body, I can wear three different sizes at any given time from any given place. And I can wear a size eight, 10 or 12, depending on if the dress is fit and flare, I can wear, you know, a smaller size. That's why a lot of my stuff is fit and flare. It helps my mind and my psyche. <laughs> but I truly love outfits like that are uh, more, what's the word? Um, like, what do you call that? Like pencil shapes or bodycon or slim fitting. But for those, because of what my shape is like, I have a smaller top, but then stuff starts to happen and develop. <laughs> 
around my waist and thighs and booty. So because of that, I wear smaller tops and larger bottoms. And so it's very difficult for me to shop online, but I have an event coming up. A friend is turning 40 and she's having an all white event. And so um, those packages get here this week. I really hope they fit. I may even post some pictures and let you guys tell me which ones you like better. Yes, that's a great idea. So for those of you listening to the podcast in real time, um, today is around the 5th or 6th of April. I don't know. So if you listen to this, make sure to go um, to the In the Middle with my Facebook page and make sure to watch for a side-by-side of my outfits. And I am going to let you all choose. <laughs> What a phenomenal idea. I'm full of them sometimes. So now onto the content. Last week, we started talking about, um, what do we call it? Cheat proofing your marriage. And we all agree, ain't no such thing. If a brother gonna cheat, he gonna cheat. But hopefully, we also agreed that there are some things we can do as women in married relationships to help breed an environment where toxic behavior is less likely to grow. And so that is all I'm saying throughout all of these conversations about infidelity and marriage. I ain't no expert. My marriage ain't perfect and squeaky clean, but we're just having conversations about how can we as women sow into the fertile soil of our marriages to help weed out toxic behavior from us or our husband including, but not limited to infidelity. And so one of the things that um, we also did on the Facebook group is why you need to um, join. One of the things that we just recently talked about in our, we have good conversations, y'all. One of the latest ones was a question I posed to single women in the group. I asked them to fill in this blank. I hate when my married friends say, And I got so, (laughs) so much feedback. My notifications were like, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, ooh, we out here getting on single folks' nerves. So I am going to have a whole podcast about their responses. But for today, I wanted to hone in on one of them because it relates to what our topic is today. One of the comments that they said is that they are sick and tired of hearing married women complain about having to have sex with their husbands because their mentality is that as single women, they are either not having sex not having much sex, or if they are having sex, they don't believe that it is meaningful and tied to a relationship of love. And so they are like, here y'all go talking about not wanting to have sex when we're out here struggling in those areas regarding sex. And so I can clearly see how it would be irritating. I felt the virtual eye rolls through those comments last week. So sis, single sisters, I get it. I can see how it would just seem like, I don't know, like um, ungrateful, how it would seem like not taking advantage of something that you have. And I get it. So for that, I have full clarity on how you feel. However, and not making justifications, but I just wanted to make sure that you all had the full scope of what we as married women feel like, for example, Oftentimes, I'm sure this has happened to you. Someone walks up to you 
and they say, smile. And you're like, excuse me? If I felt like smiling, I would smile. And I'm not going to walk around smiling on your command because I don't feel like smiling. So you have this visceral and adverse reaction to someone just telling you to smile. So take that little minute thing and now magnify it to sexual intercourse and on someone else's time, schedule or preference having to perform in that manner. See, like, can you feel that that could be difficult? And listen, like I said, I'm not making excuses. I promise because the majority of this show is going to be targeted towards married women telling us, encouraging us that in the area of sex, we need to get in the game. However, I just wanted to gain a little bit of sympathy, empathy, and compassion um, from the single sisters, just to kind of give you a little bit of why it is difficult. Um, like when it comes to sex, and you all know this, that men are more physical. They're driven physically when it comes to that. And women we're more driven emotionally when it comes to sex. So like to put it frankly, men's penises are connected to their genitals and that's where it stops. <laughs> but women, our vaginas, our JJs are connected to our hearts. <laughs> so you can see that if I'm in a marriage where there is um, difficulty with emotional connection because of the current whole state of our marriage or just the day that we had or just other things going on in and around me, it can be difficult on someone else's preference and time and schedule to be ready to perform in that way. But whatsoever, however, shifting to the married women, looking at you virtually in your eyes, listen, this is one of our roles. And I know you don't like hearing that. I know for me to tell you that one of our roles in marriage is to perform sexually for our man and for ourselves, it rubs you the wrong way. But when I say role, it's not in a sense of duty, but in dedication to breeding a healthy marriage. That's all I'm saying. Y'all, 1 Corinthians 7 talks to both the husband and the wife. Oftentimes, this verse is only quoted towards the wife. But it also speaks directly towards the husband that we are not supposed to deprive either one of the spouses of sexual pleasure and that his body is not his own and your body is not your own. And I know you hate to hear that, that your body is not your own because it's 2020 and it's women's liberation and feminism movement and we have this I have control over my body and I have the right to do what I please but even if we take that let's just go with that full thought that literal thought that you have the right to do what and not do what you please with your body of course that you do but let's go into first corinthians 8 9 it says be careful that you exercise your rights, but that these rights do not become a stumbling block to the weak. Come on now, let me break that down. <laughs> Listen, so that your rights 
To have control of your own body does not become a stumbling block. What do I mean by stumbling block? Something that may be the start of breeding infidelity to your husband and the word who is weak. And if we know that sexual desires are often more prevalent in men, and this is one of their biggest areas of struggle, then what we don't want to do is exercise this right of our bodies and deprive, and I'm using a big word like deprive our husband of sex because we then become a stumbling block to him. And so what do I mean by stumbling block? Well, sis, what I mean is if there's a situation where you find that your husband um, has been unfaithful, all of us, all your girls, in person, real friends and virtual best, like we will ride for you. If you send us a group chat, Marco Polo sent up the smoke signal, we will be there dressed in black with bats, with like sharp objects to to key his car, to spray paint, like whatever. We're going to ride for you, sis. We're going to bust some windows out some cars. We're going to get some Louisville sluggers and bust out both headlights. We're going to be there for you. But here's the picture that I get, because you all know I think in pictures, right? And I often have stories that vividly like express what I'm feeling. So y'all remember the scene from Boys in the Hood, right? Where it's Doughboy and all of his thug friends and Trey, they're in the car and they are riding around looking for the guys that kill Ricky. And so all of a sudden, Trey is like, yo, let me out. Because he begins to think about things that make the act of going after those boys different for him. And he no longer wanted to do it. So sis, <laughs> I know it's silly. But when I think about women who are for extended periods of times, months and years, not having sex with their husbands, even though their husband is asking and desiring them. That Louisville slugger, that 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 spray paint, you know, me all dressed in black sitting in the back of your car. All of a sudden I'm like, sis, let me out. I don't want to do this no more. Not that I don't blame him. And not that it was not his full responsibility and choice. It was still him who cheated. However, it makes me turn our attention inward to the woman and ask myself and ask you and ask any wife, what did you, I hate to say do, because I don't want y'all to come for me, but by not having sex with your husband, did you help breed an environment where toxic behavior, specifically cheating, there was fertile soil for that to grow. That's all I'm saying. But I also know that the, it's more complicated to, to just saying, just have sex with them, just do it. And we're getting ready to jump into some, some serious content. Um, but I hope that it will be freeing and helpful for many of you out there. So I wanted to discuss the three areas that I believe make it difficult for women to have healthy, consistent, thriving, regular routines as far as sexual intercourse and sexual experiences with their spouses. I believe those areas are because number one, sex has been traumatic in the past. Number two, sex is less romantic than what we anticipated. And then number three, 
sex is less often climactic, climactic as we would want it to be. So traumatic, romantic, and climactic. Um, let's go into traumatic. We're going to go ahead and dive into the difficult one first. So these are statistics that I'm getting ready to give you that um, honestly are a few years back. So now 2021 statistics may even be a little bit higher than these. So just a few, just to kind of set us in the frame of reference that I'm going to be wanting all of us to think and operate in. So one out of every five women has been the victim of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. One in five girls and one in 10 boys were a victim of sexual childhood abuse. Over the course of a lifetime, 30% of U.S. youth ages 14 to 17 have been sexually victimized. Another startling statistic is that 70,000 children a year it is estimated were victims of sexual abuse. So now we're going to take all of those startling and shocking and unfortunate statistics. Keep those in your mind. Now, what I want you to do is lift and shift. So now you have this woman, this wife who is expected and even wants to have a healthy, thriving relationship with her husband sexually. But that same woman, that same wife, was that child who was sexually abused and victimized or that teen who was date raped or that adult who experienced sexual harassment. And so now she's expected to be this flourishing, um, consistent, healthy sexual partner within the confines of a marriage. And a lot of her fears and insecurities and childhood traumas and feelings of neglect and abandonment and lack of protection and security and other emotional traumas are centered around sex. And so I'm speaking to that sister in the middle. Sis, I understand that it is not easy to neatly separate and compartmentalize those negative thoughts and feelings and experiences and separate those from the positive thoughts and experiences and that you should be having with your husband. I know that it is not as simple as putting it on a shelf and locking one away and unlocking another. I understand that. I also understand that when your husband touches you, you don't feel warm and fuzzy, but often cold and fearful. I understand that his suggestive touches, they don't light you up, but they actually take you back to a very dark place. I understand that instead of being turned on by him, you are triggered. But with the deepest and most heartfelt sincerity and compassion, I have to tell you that it is a valid reason, but not a valid justification. A reason says this is why, but a justification says this is how it's going to be. My sister, we cannot leave it this way. You must be willing to seek the help you need from God, your husband, your community, your family, counseling to get the healing that you need, mostly for yourself, but also to improve the intimacy between you and your husband. And it is my deepest desire, hope, and I hope you feel the encouragement that you need uh, to go and seek that help. 
don't allow, um, don't continue to be victimized. Don't allow someone's um, sin to continue to color um, your, your life a darker shade than what you would have it to be. Again, mostly for yourself, but also just in the confines of this conversation to um, allow you to have more healthy intimacy with your husband. Sis, as ladies in the middle, we look back at our past of our early life, of the beginning of our lives, and we say we will not allow the bad things in our beginnings to affect us in this middle stage of our lives. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit. So for some of us, it wasn't necessarily trauma, but it was drama from our mamas. (laughs) And if not our moms, but just our parents in the church, in our family, because they told us that good girls don't have sex, right? We were told not to have sex, that it was a sin. Few of us were taught that it was actually a good thing. All we knew was that it was wrong and nasty and only the fast tail, hot tail girls were doing it. We were told no, 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 no. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to have this automatic switch and just go, 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 go. Like a blogger friend of mine, Kristen, Kristen Jacobs says, many people have an unbiblical view of God and his view of sex. God is in fact the creator of sex. It is a gift that he has given to the husband and the wife, not only for the purpose of procreation, but for the purpose of sex. Sis, I want you to say it with me. Come on, good girl. Say sex. Say it. Sex. One more time. Say it like this, sis. Say sex. Many women don't even like talking about it, especially Christian women. We have been taught that sex is at its worst, bad, and at minimum, just not ladylike. We have to get comfortable with the notion that mother, children's church leader, friendly neighbor is the same person and synonymous with awesome sex partner. That person can live in the same body. We have to be comfortable with shopping on Amazon for La La Lucy for your daughter and lingerie for your husband in the same cart. Click and send. We should confidently step to the grocery store register with Aura Gel for little baby girl and warming gel for big baby boy. The same woman that shops for toddler toys should not be embarrassed to buy sex toys. Ladies, there is no contrast in being a mother and a lover. (laughs) So I want you to give yourself permission to leave that drama of the past of being told that sex was a bad thing and to step into a new season of your life where you fully embrace yourself as a sexual being. And that is okay. Come on, let me hear you roar, sexual lions. (laughs) That was corny. Let me stop. I was going to roar, but I'm backing away from that. Okay, so if it isn't traumatic, oftentimes sex is less romantic than what we envision it to be. Um, as, As younger people, as single people, we often, when we think sex, we envision it, maybe not with always rose petals and candles, but we envision it in optimal environment when everybody is getting along, when you have a um, just overwhelming warm and fuzzies. And we often envision and think about sex in the confines of only when things are going good. 
But as married women, we know that oftentimes we are expected to have sex with our husband when stuff ain't right, when the environment is not optimal. And so what often happens is that we have to shift our mind or we are unable to shift our minds um, from romanticizing sex. And we have to, we must make the shift that oftentimes it is not going to be Bridgerton and Fifty Shades of Grey, y'all. It won't always be candles and wine. Sometimes it will be this experience of a lifetime. Other times it will be the event of the evening. Sometimes it will be an unforgettable moment. Other times it'll just be honorable mention. (laughs) Sometimes sex will be an overflow of passion. But oftentimes it will be an overflow of our promises. I'm going to say that one again. Sometimes sex will be an overflow of passion. But oftentimes it will simply be an overflow of our promises. We have to be careful not to limit sex to the moments of intense connection. We have to understand that we want to make it Let me try to see what I'm trying to say. Oftentimes it won't be an overflow of intense connection, but we are trying to maintain or improve that connection. Make sense? You feel me? So oftentimes it won't be romantic. Um, And other times I'm shifting to this one. It's also not going to be climactic. And this is what I want you to do some homework on y'all. This is where like Myra's talking about all this on the mic. Yes, we in the middle. We have to understand that as we get older, um, life makes it more difficult for women to physically enjoy sex. One in two women um, have issues with certain things like vulvar and vaginal atrophy. Did I just say vulvar and vaginal on the podcast? Yes, I did. Women in our 40s um, experience things with our hormones that make sometimes that make sex sometimes painful. These symptoms happen, happen during and after menopause and sometimes right around before we even enter menopause. But as we are entering into it, our hormones are changing and we experience things like vaginal discomfort, um, painful sex, vaginal dryness, and and more. Um, Your body loses estrogen during this time, especially in our vaginas, causing changes in our pH and vaginal tissues. Just period. Our bodies at this age are different. And so there are many treatment options and we need to be intentional about looking into them. Vaginal lubricants, vaginal moisturizers, look them up, maybe even estrogen level, um, estrogen replacement hormones. This typically comes in the form of a cream or vaginal tablet or vaginal ring. Ladies, do the homework to look into it if this is one of the reasons why you're having a difficult time having consistent sex with your husband. Um, another option is like velvet, pelvic floor, physical or occupational therapy. And what this does, um, it, it's performed by a therapist who specializes in this treatment and it can relax the pelvic floor muscles and help to relieve some of that pain. And also you might need just a general counselor or sex therapist to help you unpack some of the stressors 
um, centered around sex for you that make it difficult or painful. So it is important to us not only just to have sex for our man, but for ourselves so that we can enjoy it. And if you are not enjoying sex because of physical, psychological, emotional, hormone, whatever the issue, be intentional about getting to the bottom of what is making you not get to the top. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That just kind of came out. But let me bet that out. Let me try that again. If you are not enjoying sex because of physical or psychological or emotional issues, be intentional about getting to the bottom of what's keeping you from getting to the top. And by top, I mean climaxing. And by climaxing, I'm going to say it means orgasm for a woman. It's okay that we do the homework, talking with our partner, talking with experts to get to make sure that we enjoy sex as much as our husbands. So that was a lot. Um, But I hope that you do the work of unpacking your drama or um, the trauma or um, the visions of romanticism that aren't coming to play or what's impeding you from um, climaxing when it comes to having intercourse with your husband, whatever it may be, do the work. Because ladies, we know that this podcast, this Myra in the Middle, is all about doing the things that maturity would say. That That's it. I had a counselor and she would always say, what does maturity say? So lady in this area of having healthy sexual experiences with your husband, what does maturity say? And whatever maturity says, not your feelings, not your emotions, not your past, go seek it. All right, y'all. I'll see you again next week. Have a great day. Peace out. Hey, sis, thanks again for meeting me in the middle where together you and I are figuring out and feeling 40 because we understand that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And why not now? And as always, choose to make it a great day.